welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. Hello and welcome into the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company from wherever you are joining us around the world. Matt Adams here with you. As you can see, I am still on the road hosting Golf Central up at NBC Sports this week. Uh, we're still looking back on what was maybe the last match play event on the PGA Tour. I think, as I mentioned in yesterday's show, we're all kind of keeping our fingers crossed that the PGA Tour puts together something of a match play variety so it doesn't go away because it was so incredibly uh, entertaining. And I did think that the Austin Country Club, even though it was kind of a you know, a wedge and putter game because the golf course played so short for those guys, it was like a whole series of par threes. But even that, I thought, made it a lot of fun. I mean, send us in your thoughts as you guys do. Uh, we're going to touch base with Dom here in a moment uh, and see what uh, some of you may have written in already. But tell us what your thoughts are about uh, the the match play and and would you like to see it continue? Do you think it's important? I mean, one of the things that I think about when it comes to match play, uh, the last five World Golf Championship match play events were won by American golfers. And when you look down the stretch, first of all, we had two young Americans in the finals in Cameron Young and in Sam Burns. And it's a Ryder Cup year. I mean, I don't know about you, but... Were you not thinking about it the whole time? I was definitely thinking about it. I, and I was, I was watching these two guys, and I was comparing it to from the standpoint of what's one of the things when, when Team USA has struggled over the years in the Ryder Cup, what's one of those things that's been kind of missing in the mix? It's definitely been pressure putting, the ability to make the putt that you need to make at the time you need to make it, right? And – here we are watching Sam Burns make putt after putt in that exact scenario. And frankly, Scotty Scheffler was playing great too throughout. And then you had Cam Young, who is not as strong a putter as the other two, but his ball striking is so darn good. I don't know. I just thought from, from a competitive standpoint between the European Ryder Cup team and the United States Ryder Cup team, and full credit, you know, obviously Rory was in that mix too, uh, that it really, I thought, looked good and spoke well for the future of the Ryder Cup, at least from a, a heightened competitive side, which seems to be finding more of its balance, obviously, between Europe and the United States. Uh, but it is a Ryder Cup year this year. We're going to be just outside of Rome. Uh, Marco Simone is the name of the golf course we're going to be at. It's about 12 miles from downtown Rome. So, yes. I was definitely thinking about that and thinking about what was the World Golf Championship, Dell Technologies, a match play. Mark Carnivale and Earl Forsey were anchoring PGA Tour radio throughout the week. And, gents, what a week it was, a long week that it was. I'm sure exhausting for many, but it was incredibly entertaining. Matt, thanks. It was an entertaining week in Austin, Texas, for the World Golf Championships, Dell Technologies match play. Mark Carnivale was alongside the entire way, Carney, it's always a marathon week, but it was a, a fun week, certainly. A lot of the top players responded and got to the weekend, and then we had Scotty Scheffler and Rory McIlroy uh, play on Sunday. Neither of those golfers, though, could get it done. It was Sam Burns over Cameron Young for the title, and a very impressive display, really, all of Sunday for Sam Burns. Made a bunch of birdies to beat Scheffler in the semifinals, and 
kept going against Cameron Young in the final. It looked like halfway through that semifinal match with Scotty Scheffler that uh, Sam Burns was done. Uh, but he kept it, didn't let Scotty get more than two up on him and battled back a little bit. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Make took it to the end, went through the 18th, uh, actually had a lead on 18. Scotty Scheffler made birdie. They went the extra holes. Eventually, Sam Burns won. Absolutely, this young man came out, particularly in the finals match, uh, really just uh, put the metal uh, to the, you know, the pedal to the metal, so to speak, Earl. Uh, Cameron Young, again, uh, got off to a good start, but then really a stretch where he didn't make any birdies. Sam Burns was making birdies, but it was spectacular week. I, I agree with you, Earl. This is one of the better uh, events that, that we've been able to call over the years. Uh, exciting. It's long, but there was a lot of great golf this week. Uh, really, one more about Burns. Uh, five wins now over the last three seasons. Only Scheffler and Cantley have more with six apiece, and Burns at five. Same amount of wins over three seasons as John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, and Max Homa. All, the talk is about those guys, Cantley and Scheffler, but uh, you, you better not have a conversation without putting Sam Burns in there. Three-time winner a year ago. That in itself is impressive. Now winning a World Golf Championships, uh, that adds to his resume. Very talented player, uh, always going to be in the mix, and, and he's going to be in that group of players that I think we continue to talk about uh, year in and year out. And, Carney, it was a disappointing Sunday for Scheffler and McElroy. They didn't make it to the final. We did get to see him go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, though, in the third-place match. Look, Scheffler was there again, had a chance to win, didn't get it done. He, he's fine. He'll be okay. Uh, and Rory McElroy showed up with a new uh, shaft in his driver, a new putter. It seems maybe Rory's got more firepower than ever. What do you think? And certainly, absolutely. And this week obviously was important, but these players also focus on events coming up. Uh, the Masters is in two weeks. The PGA Championship uh, is in the middle of May. Then the U.S. Open. Then the Open Championship. And then, of course, we get to the FedEx Cup playoffs. So both these players are playing well right now. They didn't, you know, they had leads in those semifinal matches, but lost them uh, to some good play. But I think the other thing on top of it, Earl, the fact that we had four seeded players make it to the semifinals, no one had lost or tied a match. Pretty impressive. Uh, again, the show that these guys put on this week was pretty spectacular. And, Matt, before we head to Augusta, Texas two-step continues. We'll shuffle off to San Antonio this week for the Valero Texas Open. Gents, thank you very much. Uh, Mark Carnivale and Earl Forsey, the whole team, did a fantastic job this past week. I had a chance to listen to quite a bit of the match play on PGA Tour Radio, which you can hear week in and week out on the PGA Tour app. You can also get it on PGATour.com. And in both of those places, it is free, and it works all over the world. That's how I was listening to it. Or if you subscribe to the National Satellite Service, Sirius XM, that is another option. Now, the additional event on the PGA Tour, the Punta Cana uh, leaderboard, the Punta Cana uh, leaderboard was topped by Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace breaking through on the PGA Tour. He's a four-time winner on on the European tour as well. But this went obviously meant a lot, and Matt Wallace had this to say about breaking through on the PGA Tour. Didn't know it was my 80th. Uh, feels like I've been out there for years. Um, yeah, got, getting gray hairs now, all the stress I put myself under in golf. You know, everyone knows I'm a feisty character, but that got me through that today. You know, I was, I was calm, but I was determined. Um, I kind of felt like I had... I had I had it in me all week, you know, I really felt like I was playing some really good stuff and uh, I felt like I was going to be up there at the end of the week no matter what and especially like I didn't play great yesterday and still managed to get a two under par round in and was one behind. 
didn't get off to the start how I kind of wanted today, but I kept at it and Sam was brilliant and uh, we just were so positive. And then the way I finished was uh, exactly how I feel like I can play golf. Um, that's That was awesome, you know, down that those final few holes was, was brilliant and uh, I'm really proud of myself to get through that. On the LPGA, they were back in the United States for the first time since January. This time, uh, they were at the drive-on championship, and it was won by a French woman, Celine Boutier, who ended up on top of the leaderboard. And it was a leaderboard that featured a lot of big names, not the least of which was Stacey Lewis, speaking about Team USA. She captain of the Solheim Cup team for the USA. She ended up in contention through much of the weekend and finishing seventh in that tournament. But let's hear from... Um, Celine about the, the victory that she was able to achieve. Yeah, I think it's definitely, you know, not easy to win. I feel like my game was good enough uh, for, you know, the past couple of years for sure. I just wasn't able to win and I feel like it's something you need to learn and uh, I definitely had a bunch of opportunities last year and I uh, wasn't able <clears throat> to do it. So to be able to do it this early in the season this year is definitely very satisfying. And finally, there was, of course, the Champions Tour, the Gallery Classic, a new event. Uh, it's uh, on the same site as the old Dinosaur, which was pretty cool. This update is brought to you and presented by Tour Edge. Just log on to touredge.com and see why they are the most solid investment in the game. It was a very solid performance by David Toms. He ended up being four clear of anybody else in the field with a final round of 65. There's an interesting story there, too, because David Toms' son is very good friends with Sam Burns. They grew up playing golf together in Louisiana. They both went to LSU together and played collegiate golf uh, at that level as well. So kind of a cool connection between the Champions Tour and the PGA Tour and reminding everybody to go on to touredge.com to check out their incredibly good new products. The 723 family is quite stout indeed. And we're going to end up giving you more uh, content about the 723 coming up. All right, so coming up on the... Fairways of Life show. We have much more in store on this Tuesday. We're going to take you down the road of all the things that you guys are excited about, including I want to find out more about what, what you guys think about match play, as I mentioned earlier. I definitely want to, to talk about that. We want to find out what the temperature is from you guys, although I already know what the temperature is, about the Masters coming up in only days from now. And remind everybody, if you haven't already done so, please make sure you either download the Fairways of Life app or uh, subscribe to us on YouTube so that you can see us broadcasting live from Augusta the week of the Masters as well. The Fairways of Life show is presented by the PGA Tour Superstore. The PGA Tour Superstore is a number one golf retailer in all of the country. And it is within those walls that you can find whatever your game needs when you're shopping with the pros. Make it your happy place. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com for more and to get started. Easy now. Find your happy place. The PGA Tour Superstore. It's all in the hips. Where every swing is possible. Just tap it in. Yes! <laughs> Find all the latest gear, apparel, and personalized club fittings. Is this goodbye? We've only just begun. Shop with the pros at Golf's Happy Place, the PGA Tour Superstore. In Ireland. Golf is more than just a game. Come and experience our world-famous Lynx courses and our world-famous Parkland courses, all set alongside world-famous scenery. 
and visit our world-famous historic sites. And while you're here, enjoy our world-famous hospitality. Press the green button and start your journey at ireland.com slash golf. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. Nothing feels quite like hitting a PXG iron. That's because we use hollow body construction coupled with the thinnest club face in golf and a vibration-absorbing polymer. These technologies make hitting our irons feel soft as warm butter on a hot biscuit and create a bigger sweet spot, which means more forgiveness, better distance, and lower scores. Play PXG and see how sweet, real power, and incredible forgiveness can be. PXG, nobody makes golf clubs the way we do, period. Baseball? Nah. Football? Done it. I think I'm going to go after the PGA Tour. Bo, you're going to need the right equipment company. I think I got that. You know Tour Edge backs all their clubs with a lifetime warranty. I know. They ship all their premium custom clubs in 48 hours. I know. All their premium clubs are hand-built in the USA. I know. You know Tour Edge has won 35 times out here. Guys, I know. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. This is the Wiz. It tracks your swing in real time. Got it. One zero one gives you feedback in real time, so you feel where you are in your golf swing. Transition plus four point two inches. Length of back swing fifteen point three inches. The Wiz have really helped me to keep that consistent swing. Instead of guessing, I get the direct feedback. Transition on plane. That's the mic drop. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Pleasure to have your company. I'll tell you what, it is kind of a a gray, raw-ish, late May day here outside of New York City because you get these days when, I don't know about you guys, if you live in an area where there's snow and it starts to clear up. Uh, this was This was the area where I grew up. And, you know, these days for me were the hardest ones because if it was at 32 degrees or colder, you'd get snow, right, which is... It's snow and snow was okay when it was happening. It was certainly fun before it happened. Then it was fun, you know, watching the way it built up. It wasn't until a few days later when it would get real slushy and messy that, that it would become a bit of a pain. But when you have these days where there's either threatening rain or actually rain, that's when it gets really tough because it goes right through you. There's just, it's not snow. It's just cold driving rain. It, it's like the last threshold to step over before you get to the spring. And, if there's one thing for certain, it is that the Masters, I think, for most of us, represents that doorway to spring. Uh, we, we want it to be, you know, when the flowers start to bloom, when the weather starts to get a little bit warm, and hopefully for many of you a time when you can go out and play golf. And it seems like the Masters is where that starts, even if in reality it's still kind of cold for a few more weeks for for many. And this Masters, I think in a lot of ways, is going to be very, very different than any other. I mean, when can you think of the last time that you were so interested 
in the chairman's address at the Masters. Right? Let that settle in for a second. Because not only am I sure that he will be asked many questions about live golfers and live golfers in the event. Remember, they are in the event. And I'm going to get to that in just a second because of its significance to all these things that I'm talking about. Uh, but he's also going to be asked about the proposed rollback in the distance of the golf ball. And I wonder if Augusta National is going to take the position of going, we don't want to make any more changes to the golf course. And I'm going to get to changes in the golf course in just a second, too. But we don't want to make any more changes to the golf course. And therefore, we are going to adopt this shorter distance golf ball. I mean, the Masters has been rumored to be considering such a thing for many, many years. Uh, will he actually come out and say, we support the USGA and the RNA proposal, and we support this particular ball, and we support what they're trying to do? Because if that happens, this is Augusta National, this is the Masters, I think it's going to change the whole dynamic of the discussion going forward, this whole discussion period. I might be personally, I have this question in my mind, behind the scenes, has that already taken place? And was that the grounds upon which the USGA and the RNA said, well, look, we can do it for our events. We've got the U.S. Open and the Open Championship, and if we can get the Masters to go along, all the other dominoes will probably fall into place because then it's going to be a question of, okay, well, now what's the PGA Tour going to do? So for that reason, I'm very curious about what's going to happen. And then there's going to be a lot of questions asked about the changes. And what, because at this point, by the time he speaks, we, as the assembled media, will have seen those changes and will probably have had a chance to talk to different players through practice rounds that played the hole and get a sense of, you know, what they think about it and how significant those changes are. So for all these reasons, I have a sense that the 2023 Masters, and it's hard to say this because the Masters is always significant. And in terms of like viewership, et cetera, it's always the biggest of the, the four majors. But I have a feeling that this one is going to be very distinctive because of all of the swirling fray that surrounds the game coming into this Masters and the way that the game will naturally look towards the first major on the men's side of the game and say, okay, how about you give us some guidance here on all these different things uh, that are taking place. I think it's going to be absolutely fascinating. And, of course, that's only days away. Even closer than that, of course, is the Valero Texas Open this week. So uh, two things. Uh, Dom, I'm going to I'm gonna shoot it over to you from up here. Good, good day to you and, and Andrew down there in, in the studio, uh, you and Raleigh and Andrew in Orlando. Uh, I want to ask you two things. First of all, have you heard from people already today, uh, from our, our viewers uh, or listeners around the world, commenting on what they think about match play, A. And then B, this week at the Valero Texas Open, can you give us uh, a sense of some of the bigger names that are in the field? Uh, yeah, sure, Matt. I mean, obviously, uh, nothing specific about the match play coming in that is probably worth reading. But I will say that the general sentiment, probably unsurprisingly, is that we need match play on the PGA Tour, right? We've got to figure out a way how to keep a match play event or multiple match play events on the PGA Tour schedule. And I think the PGA Tour knows that. And I think the fans obviously know that. And I'm sure that they're going to do everything they can to figure out a way how to get it back onto the schedule in some form or another. So it wouldn't shock me at all. Maybe next year's not in the cards because there's a lot of moving parts right now with these 
designated events, et cetera, et cetera. But we'll see how it plays out. I would fully expect to see a match play event on the tour very soon in the next few years and then hopefully moving forward. Uh, with regard to this week, the Valero Texas Open, obviously it's TPC San Antonio. It's not the strongest field ever, but there are eight of the top 50 in the world there. Terrell Hatton's going to be there. Hideki Matsuyama's going to be there. Um, let's see, Ryan Fox, Chris Kirk, Corey Connors. You can see if you're watching on TV there, you can see some of the notables on your screen. Ricky Fowler is in the field. Luke Donald is in the field. Padraig Harrington is in the field. Akshay Bhatia, who just got a special temporary membership, accepted special temporary membership on the PGA Tour, is there. And then obviously, you know, this is sort of the last, last chance for someone not otherwise qualified for the Masters to get a ticket to the Masters, punch a ticket to the Masters if they're able to collect a victory. So uh, looking forward to this week, Matt. That will be very interesting, Dom, to see how it plays out for many of those players that are hoping that this will be, and it's their last chance to do it, their ticket to get into the Masters. Now, Live Golf is also playing this week, right? And the irony of it is, is here I am up here, and Live Golf is not even 20 minutes from my house. Live Golf is actually playing at Orange County National, and we, and, and I suspect you guys are really familiar with Orange County National because that's where the PGA show demo and fitting day is every year. So we've spent a lot of time there over the years. It is a very, very impressive facility. Uh, Dominic, what can you tell us about Live Golf and what they have planned this week in Orlando? Well, you mentioned it, Matt. I mean, it's at Orange County National. It's in Orlando. It's in the United States. Um, it's weird talking about the live events because I feel like each week on the tour, right? It changes. It's like, oh, this guy's going to play. Oh, that guy's not playing. Oh, look who's in the field. But you can see the notables. Those are going to be the notables for the whole year because <laughs> it's the same people. So it's kind of weird. Um, I guess I'll just hit the, hit the bullet points to remind you all. So there are only 48 players and there are 12 teams. Each team has four players. It's the same every week. The purse is $25 million. $20 million of that dollars is for the individual event, and $4 million of that chunk goes to the winner. So, yeah, I mean, it's the same guys. I mean, the interesting thing to me about this is how close we are to the Masters and how you see, like, Cam Smith's name there. He is in the Masters field, and he is going to be playing in the Masters. Bryson DeChambeau is in the Masters field. He's going to be playing in the Masters. Bubba Watson. Former champion, going to be playing in the Masters. Um, so I can't wait to see who's going to talk in the press room, who's not going to talk. These guys are going to get grilled. I mean, the the, the the media contingent that week, next week, is as big as it gets in golf. And there's going to be plenty of people there asking questions that some people don't want to answer. So it'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast, Matt. Speaking of live golf, I'm sure you guys – probably saw the recent news that there's more legal wrangling that is going on. A live is claiming in court documents, it, it's really through uh, depositions, et cetera, that the PGA Tour has been involved in trying to suppress their efforts to garner a more prominent television partner. You remember live is on CW. I don't think that this move is any way related to the ratings, but the ratings have been very, very small uh, for you know a national sports league. Now, granted, it's early, and, it, and sometimes it takes time for people to know where to go and to discover that the programming is even available. But according to 
the legal representation for Live, they pretty much referred to CW as a second-tier network, which I thought was interesting because they're your new broadcast partner. But I guess it is what it is from that perspective. And uh, their problem is is that they want to have depositions of key individuals from the PGA Tour, particularly when it relates to international television rights, to find out if they did get involved and if they did actually uh, make an effort to thwart the efforts of Live to find an international television broadcast partner. So that's something to keep an eye on as the tug of war between the PGA Tour and Live Golf appears to be continuing. Okay, so as I mentioned, Masters coming up next week. Uh, and, and I know we're pushing this a lot because we want to make sure as many as possible have subscribed to the Fairways of Life uh, YouTube channel. It's uh, just called Fairways of Life on YouTube, and please subscribe there. And what happens is it sends you a notification when we go on the air because we'll be broadcasting live from Augusta Masters Week, and we'll be going on the air at 8 a.m. Eastern time uh, during the weekday starting on Monday so that you can catch our live coverage from Augusta. So we really want you guys to be a part of that. Obviously, you can also download our app. And on the app, I know many of you still listen to us from an audio uh, consumption standpoint to the digital radio. And you can hear us that way, certainly. And through the app, you also can get the video. So there's a couple of different ways that you can do it. So subscribe to us on YouTube, the Fairways of Life channel, or just get the Fairways of Life app if that's what suits you so that uh, we are ready to roll. Uh, In terms of favorites coming into this Masters, I think it's hard. It's it's really hard because there's there's three primary, right? It's Scotty Scheffler, it's Rory McIlroy, and it's John Rahm. And that happens to be one, two, and three in the world right now, the way that I just laid those out. If I gave you guys the choice of one, who would you pick? I think the sentimental pick would probably be Rory McIlroy because he's trying to achieve the career Grand Slam with a victory at Augusta National. Uh, From the standpoint of the player that seems to have the most consummate game right now, I'm not talking about when all three are playing their absolute best golf, the best that they possibly can play, who would be uh, your victor. I'm just talking about coming in right now. It seems as though Scotty Scheffler has a slight edge over Rory McIlroy, although Rory kind of threw a bit of a wrench into that uh, thinking because he putted so well. At, at the match play. Remember, he, he moved to a more of a blade-style putter away from the mallet putter that he'd used a long time, but the blade-style putter that he's using is like that which he used to win major championships with, right? So that's complicated. Uh, John Rahm, yeah. John Rahm uh, didn't make it out of the group stage at the match play, but he's John Rahm. He just seems to have the ability and this gear and this fire uh, at times, it, it's, it almost seems like he, he plays angry golf. Uh, and we've talked about that a lot over the years, where I think he does have control over his emotions versus like getting so upset that it messes up his next shot. But I'm talking about the fire that burns within. You know, There's a ferocity to him in terms of how he does it. Uh, but even with John Rahm, I would still say this Scotty Scheffler right now seems to me to have more of the – total package going in. I'm curious what you guys think about that. And if I know Dom, he's probably going to put together some type of survey in the next day or two to see at this point heading into the Masters where the thoughts are and the emotions are of all of you guys to see who you think might be uh, you know, out front. As far as dark horses go, I don't even know if you can say someone is a dark horse when they're at Augusta. 
uh, and I and I realize I might be subject to recency bias with this, but I think Cam Young is very much one to keep an eye on. Uh, I feel like uh, Shane Lowry is one to keep an eye on. Uh, certainly, ball strike is important. We talk about putting as being important all the time. I feel like Xander Shoffley, who who had a good run uh, last time, uh, could be in the mix. How can you ever take Will Zalatoris out of the mix, right? He it seems like he shows up for every major like a different player. Uh, not that he doesn't play well in a regular PGA Tour event. It just at majors he seems to set himself apart, and he too has had a pretty good run last year. So. I don't know. I, I don't really feel like I just picked a dark horse for you. I may I may have given you some names that aren't necessarily at the top of everybody's uh, players to watch list at Augusta National, but I think they all have a pretty good shot at uh, at at winning this year. There's little doubt about that. I'll be excited to find uh, what Tiger's mindset is or where his game is. Uh, I think it'd be for me personally a great accomplishment if Tiger Woods makes the cut. Uh, now, given his experience at Augusta National and the way that he seems to be able to play chess around there, albeit there's some changes to the golf course, too, that I, we talked about earlier, I still think that, that Tiger has a pretty good shot at making the cut, and I think that would be really exciting as well. The story about what will happen with the Champions Dinner and how that will go, uh, I heard an interview with uh, Ben Crenshaw the other day, and he said, we're just going to try to celebrate that we're all there together. And that's the mindset that they're going to have. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear when the stories come out, especially the stories that have a tendency to leak their way out, uh, whether there really was a sense of comfort in that room or whether it was a sense of discomfort because that room will have players in it that are ardent supporters of the PGA Tour and they will have players in it that are a part of Live Golf. And will that be a, a subplot and a theme that you know continues to roll around this, this Masters and what impact that will have as well. So some interesting stuff to consider on this Tuesday morning. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for your company with us on the Fairways of Life show today. Uh, until we are together again, uh, we're going to say goodbye and remind everybody and plead with you to please check out thewizgolf.com because it is so special. It really can change your game. That's a reason why we're such ardent supporters of this product and proud ambassadors too. Log on to thewizgolf.com and you can see it all there for yourself and understand how this wearable device measures your game in real time and space so that your feel is real. So all these critical areas of your game that you might be working on or should, uh, you can know where you actually are versus where you want to be, what you aspire to be, so you can get better and better in a way that you never have before. We'll see you. Bye for now.